Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today we're continuing our series on know your enemy and how we can fight back. And our topic today, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a two-part series because it, it's just kind of a, a meaty subject. And that is the whole topic of hell. Like, what is it? Who goes there? Who doesn't go there? How do you avoid going there? And then um, next week, we'll finish up the second half of the hell topic. But before we kick things off, I'd like to open us up in prayer, if you're okay with that, Dad, and then I'll hand it over to you. Sounds good. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to your throne room right now in this moment as we start this podcast, and we just ask that you would just cover us with your Holy Spirit, cover us with your guardian angels and your warriors as we seek to present this message um, that Satan would probably rather not have us get out to our listeners. I just pray that you would give my dad the words to know what to say, me the questions to ask, and that we just have a, a good dialogue that answers questions for our listeners and points them towards you. Um, just pray that if anyone that's listening tonight has questions about where they're going to spend eternity, that they would have some of their questions answered tonight and that they would find peace in your arms. And we give this podcast to you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, dad, kick us off, take it away. What do we need to know about hell? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about actually two of the greatest enemies uh, of humanity, and that is death and hell. Mm -hmm. uh, death is our enemy, and it's, and it's a one-for-one -one situation. Everybody, everybody that's uh, alive right now at some point will die unless the rapture occurs. Right. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Mm -hmm. And after death, what are we afraid of? Well, we're afraid of being cast into hell. Yep. Jesus said, don't fear those who kill the body but can't kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at the first of those uh, greatest enemies, and that is death. Um, the Bible does talk about death a lot, uh, actually uh, talks about um, uh, death more than you, more than you can imagine, mm -hmm. but it talks about two kinds of death. It talks about physical death, which is the separation of the soul and spirit from the physical body. So, you know, people, when they die, something leaves them because everything is there one minute and then all of a sudden everything's not there. Right. Something is left. So there's and a shell. That, the shell yep. is buried. Yes, yes. Reminds me of uh, a bad joke that I once told at a, a graveside funeral oh, no. where uh, <laughs> I did. I said this. I can't believe I said this. The whole this. telling jokes at funerals thing, Dad, I'm really thinking. You well, it wasn't. That. Listen, I wasn't meant to be a joke. I said, here lies the body of our beloved, and I named his name, mm -hmm. and then I said, it's it's just a shell. The nut is gone, and it's just mm -hmm. a shell that's left, and, and then the they decided, nut is gone. And then the church staff decided to move Irv away from doing funerals. <laughs> Irv can focus on the weddings. Yeah, <laughs> 
Anyway, that's the, the first death is physical death. There's a second death mentioned in the Bible, and it's called spiritual death. And that's mm. where the soul and the spirit are now separated from God for all eternity. Yeah. And yeah. the lake of fire is the site of the second death. And that's what it's called. There's, mm -hmm. It's called the second death. Uh, there, there's a lot of names for death. Uh, two of them are very interesting. For, for Christians, the body of Christians, mm -hmm. when they die, they are said to be asleep. Yep, yep. There's this kind of allegorical picture of, of death in the Bible. It's called a house, a house that's torn down and it's figurative. It describes your body and my body as being like a house. And on death, that house is torn down. And the inhabitant of the house is unclothed, meaning we're bodiless in heaven. Hmm. Uh, because we go straight into the presence of the Lord, but we don't have our bodies. Well, where's our body? Yeah. Our body is going to be given to us when Jesus comes back and calls all the dead to rise and we're reunited, soul and spirit, with our body. In so the meantime, we go straight into the presence of the Lord. So you're saying when we die, our spirit or our soul, are the soul and the spirit the same thing? Nope, two different things, but they're, they're both you. Mm. So both soul and spirit go to heaven? Your body is yep. buried in the ground? Yep. So then why does it say in Revelation that the dead in Christ shall rise first? Why do they even, why do you need to rise if you're already in heaven? It's your body that's raised that's being raised. I don't want it back. <laughs> you keep it. Keep it in the ground. Well, I want a new it's one. Be, it's that's being, the plan I signed up for, Dad. <laughs> it's being transformed, low. So if you have uh, an earthly body, it's being transformed into a spiritual body right. because your soul and spirit need a body to inhabit. And so that's what's going on. Your physical body at the resurrection, uh, when the rapture occurs, Jesus is going to transform your physical body into a resurrection body. But it's, and that's and it's what going to be in. reconnected with the soul and the spirit, which are already up in heaven. Yep. So what does that look like? Yep. They're just like little, like, are they like lightning bugs? Like, what are they? What are you they, know, that, it's called... It's called the intermediate state, and it's it's a bodiless state in heaven. Uh, I don't think you even know you don't have a body. I think you're just there in the presence of the Lord, mm. but you are basically unclothed. You don't have your body yet, and you won't have your body until Jesus resurrects the dead. Uh, here's a couple of other things that I think are just false teachings mm -hmm. that have been perpetuated by religious groups. The Bible teaches that once you're dead, everybody, both saved and unsaved alike, you go someplace. Uh, so if you're physically dead and you're a believer, your body goes into the grave, your soul and spirit go immediately into the presence of the Lord, into heaven. If you're not a believer, your soul and spirit immediately, or I should say your soul, uh, because your spirit's dead in trespasses and sins, your soul goes immediately into hell. Mm. And that's, that's immediate. The deciding factor on whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell is have you received Christ mm -hmm. during this life and are you born again? Mm -hmm. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And we mentioned this in the last podcast that you don't have the option of not giving your soul to someone. You either choose Jesus and that's completely 100% your free will or by default, your soul goes to Satan and it goes yeah. to hell. Yeah. It's one of two options. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's not a third option. Nope. There is no third option. So if you're dead and you've received Christ by faith, your soul is immediately ushered into the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The Bible knows nothing about several doctrines that are taught by the Catholic Church, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. We'll talk about those in a moment. But the Catholic Church teaches purgatory. Yeah, yeah. And purgatory is the Catholic doctrine that teaches that the souls of the dead go to a place where they can be purged purgatory purged of their sins and made fit for heaven how exactly do you do that well and it sounds works-based it, it's very much works-based they have another doctrine called limbo and limbo it's not a dance i know you're thinking it's a dance laura it is not a dance <laughs> it is a catholic doctrine that teaches that the souls of infants who die go to a place of holding Mm -hmm. until they can be prayed into heaven. Hmm. So so you find with purgatory, that's why Catholics go and they light candles and they have prayers for the dead so that they can be released from purgatory. Uh, you uh, You have Catholics that go and pray again for infants to be released from limbo so that they can go to heaven. So in purgatory, basically, if you do enough good works or someone prays hard enough for you, you will be released to go into heaven. Correct. Is that correct? So that goes completely against what the Bible says, that it's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's nothing we can do. It's a free gift. Yeah. Purgatory and limbo are both Catholic teachings that are not biblical. They don't square with the Bible at all. Another one is soul sleep. Mm -hmm. And soul sleep is taught by the Seventh-day Adventist church. And that is that at death, uh, the soul sleeps inside the body until Christ returns. Okay. Uh, But we know the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So if you're absent from the body because of death, your soul and spirit go immediately into the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of sleeping inside of a dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is annihilation and that's Jehovah's witness. That sounds severe. Well, it is very severe. You're, you're completely obliterated. You're burned up Hmm. and that's Jehovah's witness teaching. And that is that uh, the soul ceases to exist Uh at death. So I have a couple questions. Yes. If I, may, if I may interject. So annihilation, that sounds very similar to what pagans believe and why they want to um, um, incinerate bodies rather than bury them. Yeah, cremation. So that, right. So if you're cremated, then just in case your soul might be carried on into hell, we'll just get rid of the whole thing. And then we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, I've heard all kinds of environmental reasons or why cremation is such a good thing, takes up less space. Uh, you know, it's something that is, uh, you know, uh, less expensive mm-hmm. than, uh, than a, a funeral, a burial. Uh, but the reality is, w- w- 
it, it is another way that people try to avoid judgment. Mm -hmm. Another way they try to avoid uh, being cast into hell. And so they get cremated and uh, it's very, it's growing in popularity, yeah. uh, even here in Minnesota. Well, I know believers that have their loved ones cremated. And what do you make of that? So what if, you know, their mom was a strong Christian, strong believer, and then their kids go ahead and choose to have her cremated? What happens sure. to her body? Well, a couple of things. Uh, for one thing, the Bible never teaches that believers should get cremated. Right. Jesus was buried. Believers are all buried to be resurrected. Because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the body is the temple of the right. Holy Spirit. We don't Sacred. have the freedom to just simply destroy it. What happens to those that do get burned up, whether on purpose or maybe inadvertently in a fire or something? What happens to their bodies? Well, God has the design and he's not constrained by cremation or anything else from pulling together a body. He's got the original mold. He's got like a file of molds. <laughs> he's got, he's got, new the, one. he's got the blueprint. He's got the mold, you yep. know, it's not going to phase him one iota. So you're not getting away from God by being cremated or annihilated. Uh, but it, it doesn't have any biblical merit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the reasons why I have it in my will that I will be buried. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like all of the early Christians. I want to be buried mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because Noted. I want to have uh, Jesus come back and resurrect my body and uh, in turn uh, be with him forever. So those are those are four teachings about death that are not biblical. Purgatory, limbo, soul sleep, and annihilation. All of these teachings that you know, we hear, you, you hear about them like they're, um, they're pretty commonplace. A lot of people believe the things that you just mentioned, but they're all false teachings. The Bible doesn't, doesn't support them. Yeah. The Bible doesn't support any of them. And I, I we've talked about this in another podcast, but now that you bring up the whole topic of limbo, what do you think happens to little children that are aborted or murdered um, before they're able to either know about Jesus or old enough to make that decision? Yeah, you know what Jesus said? Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. I think they go directly into the presence of the Lord. Uh, I know they have a sin nature. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of people think that they immediately go to hell. I don't. I think they're safe in the arms of Jesus. Not saved. Right. Because they can't make a decision for Jesus and be born again. Right. But they are safe by the grace of God. God's grace extends to little infants, to little stillborns, right. little aborted fetuses. God's grace extends to them, and I think they will be in heaven. I have a big problem with people who think they go straight to hell because that's that's unkind, it's unfair, it's unjust, and God is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. He's yeah, a just I would God. Agree. Yeah, I would agree. And and the reason that they say that, I've heard some very rigid kind of legalistic Christians say that is because they have never received Jesus as their savior. Well, they can't. They they're can't. Infants. They were, they were snuffed they're, out before they were given. Right. They were snuffed yes. out before they were given that opportunity. And, and you and I are saved by the grace of mm -hmm. God. So are little infants. Yeah. Little infants are safe 
by the grace of God. They're not saved because they can't ask Jesus into their heart, but they are safe in Jesus. And that's how um, one of my favorite theologians, A.H. Uh, Strong, that's how he puts it. They're safe in the arms of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like I that. I that. like that I a lot. That. Let's talk about permanency. Mm-hmm. The Bible indicates after death comes judgment. There's no second chance. There's no other opportunities to return and try it again. Remember the rich man and Lazarus? Mm-hmm. And the rich man uh, is asking for a second chance to do it over, asking that his five sons get a chance to do it over. Mm-hmm. And uh, Father Abraham says, no, uh, there's a big gulf between us and you, and we can't cross over. And if they won't believe that someone uh, rose from the dead, uh, if they won't believe, they won't believe in Moses because if they can't believe Moses, they wouldn't believe in someone even rising from the dead, mm-hmm. which is true. Right, right. Uh, so uh, there is no second chance. Uh, Eastern religions, a lot of Eastern religions teach reincarnation or transmigration of the soul mm. or something called samsara, mm-hmm. which is a life cycle. You keep going around and around thousands of life cycles until you get it right. Yeah. And that, that is an Eastern religion. All of that is unbiblical. It's unsubstantiated. And I believe it's a satanic deception. Absolutely. Absolutely. And more, um, more and more is coming out. We can also talk about this more later, but just kind of a, a brief summary. But the latest thing is this transhumanism where they can take your DNA and put it into a clone and you will have eternal life because the clone will go on living even after your body dies. So it's kind of a spin on all these things that you've been talking about with reincarnation and then the transmigration, transhumanism is the big thing now. Wow. Which is another satanic deception. I think a lot of it is uh, men have been trying for centuries to have eternal life apart from Christ. Right. Outsmart God. Yep. How, how, How to have eternal life without having to do it God's way. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's that that shouldn't surprise us that technology is leading the charge to do exactly that. Satan messes every messes up everything he touches. You've got gender issues, you've got sexuality issues, you've got now eternal life issues. He purposely means to deceive people and send us into chaos and that's what he does through these types of teachings. Yeah. Well, let's, let's touch on the last topic, and that is the one that Jesus said, uh, beware of those who can cast soul and spirit into hell. Mm. And I want to talk a little bit about hell. There are a number of names for hell. Okay. Uh, the Hebrew word for it is Sheol, and Sheol is oftentimes used for the term for grave, but more often than not, it is the normal word for the abode of the souls of the dead. It's the equivalent of the Greek word Hades. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've heard of Hades. Well, Sheol and Hades are identical, interchangeable terms. Uh, Hades is used in the King James Version and is translated as hell. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get the word hell. comes from Hades, and it's in in the King James Version. There's a third word, and that is the word Tartaru. You may not have heard of it. Maybe many, many of our listeners haven't heard of it. But Tartary was used only one time in 2 Peter 2, 4. It describes the abode of the fallen angels 
and it's the equivalent in book in the book of revelation of the pit mm. or the abyss mm -hmm. it's where the fallen angels are kept until the end times then there's gehenna and gehenna literally means the valley of hinnom and it's used synonymously with the lake of fire to describe the abode of those who are unbelievers mm -hmm. and where they spend eternity. It's modeled after the city dump mm. that was burning constantly, day and night, rat infested, Ugh. stench, smoke, worms, all of that, taking care of the garbage that was thrown out of Jerusalem. Where did they throw the garbage? Well, they threw it out of the southwest part of Jerusalem into Gehenna into the lake of, uh, in, into the Valley of Hinnom. And uh, that is also, by the way, where they used to offer child sacrifice. Mm. Same place. Wow. So this is, this is a, an evil place. Yeah, it is. And then the fifth word that's oftentimes used for hell, it's actually not, but it, it's oftentimes synonymous with hell is the lake of fire. Yeah. And that's the final abode of the souls and bodies of unbelievers the dead of all the ages. In fact, Revelation 20 says that death and Hades or hell are cast into the lake of fire. So you get hell is kind of like the jail mm -hmm. and the lake of fire is the penitentiary. Mm. So you go to jail until your court case and you stand before the judge. And then after the judge rules guilty, mm -hmm. then you are sent off to serve out your sentence in the penitentiary, mm -hmm. which in the Bible, it, it talks about the lake of fire. That's right. the penit that's the penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay. I've heard people talk about hell and kind of joke about it. And, oh, I'd rather be in hell partying with my friends than be up in heaven with you prudes. And I've heard people say that. I heard people say it back in high school. We're going to have so much fun in hell. What is hell really like? <laughs> break it down. Break it down for us. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the terrifying aspect of hell. First of all, it's permanent. It's not like you're just passing through and then all of a sudden you're gonna get a get out of jail card right. and you're gonna go to heaven. No, this is a permanent location. It is a place of torment and agony and pain. Mm -hmm. Jesus refers to it repeatedly that way. So I'm taking his word for it. Yeah. If he says it's a place of torment, agony and pain, Yes. I'm believing that's what yes. it is. Yes. It is a place of fire and smoke, just like we talked about the garbage dump. It's a place of tears and wailing. It's black. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said, well, I'll just pick up my poker game with my buddies right. down in hell. Well, guess what? First of all, you're going to be in so much pain, you won't enjoy it. Secondly, it's going to be black. You won't be able to see the spots on the cards. Mm -mm. So it's not going to be a question of carrying on life as usual. It is the absence of anything good, anything pure, right. anything right. godly. All right. of those come from God. Right. It is a place of isolation from God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a place that was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. Right. The fact and God that people, never God never intended for any humans to go there. Nope, nope. If if you receive Christ, you never go mm -hmm. to hell. You never go to the abode of the dead. Mm -hmm. But uh, that is where those who have rejected Christ, those who have turned their backs on God, mm -hmm. they wind up going to the same place as 
the, the devil, his angels, uh, the false prophet, and the Antichrist, they all go to the lake of fire. That's where they're winding up, where they're going to wind up. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a pastor describe it as it's like, it's like you're, you're constantly in pain. Your skin is on fire. You're falling, but there's no bottom. It's pitch black, like the blackest you've ever experienced. You can hear crying and wailing all around you, but you don't know where it's coming from. You're completely separated from anything good, like love and kindness and the people that you care about. There's, you have zero connection to God. And it's just, it's just utter depression and there's no end to it. You can't get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, what a horrible, what a fate. horrible, what a wretched, what a wretched existence and, and yeah. it's so avoidable. Yes. And we talked, we talked about this last week too, is that the time to make your reservation for heaven is now you cannot get a reservation at the door. You do it. You need to get on the list ahead of time. Yeah, that right? is totally true. That is totally true. When you die, you don't want to go to hell. Nope. People often make light of that which they fear. I think a lot of people joke about hell. They use it as part of their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I think it's because they're scared to death of hell. Uh, but we should never joke about hell. No. It's a terrifying place filled with pain and agony and screaming and torment for all eternity. No second chance. No do-overs. So get saved. Be saved. Go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Be safe in the arms of Jesus. Flee to the cross where he can give you forgiveness. Receive Jesus Christ today. You don't know that you have tomorrow. Nope. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the moment of decision. Absolutely, 100%. And we're not saying these things to scare you. We're saying these things to help you prepare and to make an informed decision if you have you have this opportunity right now, in fact, we're going to walk you through how you can know for 100% certain that you're never going to experience hell, that you're only going to experience heaven and fellowship with Jesus. And you can do that with us right now. It's as easy as ABC. A is admit you're a sinner, as we all are. As, as my dad mentioned, we're born with a sin nature. It's just how we're born. So we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So B is believe believe that Jesus is Lord. He came and he died on a cross, a horrible, horrible death for your sin and for mine. And then he rose again on the third day and he's our savior. And so when you call upon his name, that C, call upon his name and confess him, he will come into your life and be your Lord and savior and rescue you from the grips of death and Hades and hell. Dad, would you walk us through that prayer? I would love to. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we know that no one listening to this broadcast wants to go to hell. Mm -mm. We know when we die, and we will, we want to go directly to, to, to Jesus in heaven. We want to go directly into the presence of the Lord. And in order to do that, we need to walk through and, and do exactly what Laura uh, has said. Uh, we need to say, I know I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. I know that apart from Jesus Christ, there is no good thing about me. I can't earn my way to heaven. I can't work my way to heaven. I'm lost. Mm -hmm. I deserve hell. But I believe in Jesus. Yes. I believe that he came and died just for me. Yes. 
that he went to the cross just for me, that he sacrificed himself and took all those blows and those wounds just for me. And I want him. I want him desperately. I confess Jesus as my savior. Jesus, I ask you to make me born again. Come into my heart. Cause me to have eternal life. And I will live for you forever. Amen. Amen. If you heard that, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. We are celebrating with you and we'd love to hear your story. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com and we'll send you some materials to help you grow in your faith. And also if you're listening and you're a Christian, you've already prayed this prayer, but you know somebody who needs to hear this, please share this podcast. We make it very shareable. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Please share this. Share this with somebody that you know hasn't yet made that decision. You could be the very person that points them to Jesus. And there is no greater reward than knowing that someone's in heaven because of you. It just gives me chills to think about it. So please share this with your loved ones. You're literally saving their life. Literally. If you have questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, or more questions about hell that um, my dad can address for you, you can send those to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And I'm going to close with Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? For what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Mm -hmm.